As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's going to be a great conversation here. Mike, let's start off with you. First of all, introduce yourself for the people who might not know who you are. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Michael Hines. I've been in real estate since 2008. Um, it's great to be here at Howard, although I went to Morehouse. Um, I'm primarily, a, a, essentially a real estate agent. We're brokers, we sell houses and condos, but our, our niche is the urban infill and multifamily development space. So we represent builders, developers, and from McLean and Ashburn to Montgomery County and here in the district. So people that build condos and houses or, or single family communities, like 18 to 25 homes at a time. Um, so that's it, I'm a real estate agent. We also have a uh, credit and debt facility. So We pivoted about three years ago, and so now for our development community, so my developers that typically need equity, we come to the table and provide them equity. So if a condo, there's a condo play and the developer needs $500 to a million dollars, we'll loan them the money as well as help them with the debt. So we, we kind of bridge that equity gap. But, but our focus is in t inside the Beltway, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, um, sales and, and lending. That's it. So, all right, you said a lot right there. Let's unpack this, right? You said if developers need money, they can come to you right. to get lending. What do those qualifications look like? Because we got a lot of um, entrepreneurs here. We have homeowners here. We have investors. If they wanted to come to your firm to get some of that private money that you guys right. are lending out, what are you looking for? So typically, um, well, there, there are really two focuses. So one are deals that are on acquisition size and the four to ten million dollar range typically developers have to come to the table with 15 and 20 percent equity so many of them either have friends and family money or money from a fund um, but within our brokerage we have a family office that's built about a million square feet in arlington so for our bigger developers we provide that equity sleeve we also have a partnership with a private group which is essentially a hybrid lender hybrid lending is between a community bank and hard money And so for guys who, for the sake of this audience, like are flipping homes, if you need to come to the table with equity with your local bank, industrial bank or Eagle Bank or Founders Bank, we'll loan you the equity 
That way you don't have to come out of pocket with it. So that, it's just that simple. So you'll loan them the equity up to how much How much of your finance? Like, what's your max LTV? I mean, it, it's really deal dependent. If you're buying it right, up to 80, 90%. 80, 90%. And this component is ran by a black man. So traditionally, access to the best capital was limited to family office. You had to really know an old white man to get to the best capital with family offices. Now, a brother who, who used to work at Wells Fargo is running this fund. And so it's a vertically integrated fund. And so we provide what we think is the least expensive equity and debt in the market. So it's hard money rates vary depending right now, everyone's loaning in the, if you're really good and have past performance, you're in the eight and 9% range, we're in the seven to 8% range, but it's really deal dependent. But the better the deal, the more money. There's some deals are doing 90, 95%. It depends, just depends on how great the deal is. And so that's been amazing because we're actually able to help people get deals done, especially in a challenging market like this. Are you guys working with only experienced investors or can a newbie come to you well, guys? Typically, and get some you have money? to have 12 years of past performance. So that's, you really need to have done about eight to 12 deals to uh, have access to any of that, any of that capital. So eight to 12 deals. What if they have partners? that have that? If their partners have, can prove their past performance and obviously you're, um, you're paying your lenders back on time, yeah, absolutely. Now, are you how, trying to get some money? Go ahead, go are ahead. You trying to get some, it sounds like you're trying to get some money. You got a deal? No, nah, I got to <laughs> ask the questions that I know they're thinking about, absolutely. right? Because, you know, you never know, right? Yeah. Money is good. We like money over yeah, here. Absolutely. So you're here, so you're dealing, so with these private equity, with your money, you really only want to see really new development. Condos, well, well, single families, we'll do, multi-families. We'll do fix and flip. It's just, it's got to be in the right neighborhood. It's got to have the right metrics. Um, same thing every other hard, men, hard money lender will want. Same thing you're going to have to present to them. You have to present to our folks. Um, it's really just a deal dependent. So there's some markets we like a lot, like Deanwood is a fantastic market, and Brightwood. So it depends on the, the, if it's a unique neighborhood. Uh, we like a lot, then there, there's more opportunity. If it's a it's a neighborhood like Georgetown where we're seeing things take a little a little bit longer, we're a little, they're a little bit more stringent. But it it really it's, it's really deal dependent. So all right. So what about the areas here in the DMV? What are the best areas you would say right now in today's market for someone who's looking to develop? You know, whether it's multifamilies, whether it's fixing, flipping, right. what, are, what are your favorite areas that you're looking at right now? So the best markets within the Beltway in terms of D.C. and Arlington and Alexandria, which is really where we work, are Deanwood is a fantastic market. Obviously, Anacostia, which is in southeast D.C., is a fantastic market. We have markets that are appreciating in terms of value up to 15 to 25 percent per year, every year. So that's going to happen in Deanwood. It's going to happen in Riggs Park, Michigan Park, Wood Ridge, which is also in Northeast. Essentially, all of the development, which if you live in this area is pretty obvious, is going from west to east. So from Arlington, Alexandria, Georgetown, all the way through the city, Capitol Hill, Deanwood, Anacostia, west to east. So the, the highest appreciating markets are where you can, which is also obviously when you're flipping houses, the, fastest, the, the highest and fastest return per deal. So the more expensive markets cost you more money, typically, to develop it, and the return per house is normally less. 
But Dean Wood's a fantastic market. There's still fantastic markets here, even though we're a very expensive city. There are fantastic markets here, but if you're looking at acquisition size in a two to half a million range, the county is fantastic. And then, as these folks know, Baltimore is an excellent market if you're in that. It just depends on what price point you want to work in. Okay, so what about foreclosures, right? Because we see the market changing. <clears throat> we see a lot of new investors that hit the market over the past couple of years. New developers hit the market because there's so much money, right? Yeah. But the deal is, the market is changing. What about those folks who are now, they can't get those projects off, and now they're going through foreclosure? Like, how do we find those deals? So that's an excellent opportunity uh, for people. So there are two options and two fantastic opportunities we're seeing in the market. So we are in a recession. It is affecting our market fairly dramatically. People just can't see it yet. So even though we have people here that make a lot of money, that are really highly educated, and our unemployment is really low, we do have foreclosures and we're starting to see them. So we have partnerships with many of the auction houses, private attorneys, family offices, and the lenders. And the lenders um, kind of have a sense of which of their borrowers are gonna foreclose. And so we have these relationships and we've had them. And so right now we have fantastic foreclosures. We have a list and we keep that list um, updated. Oh, yeah, keeping a list to yourself? Right. Well, we have a list. So for our clients, we need um, action here, bro. So, so we're starting to see fantastic foreclosures in McLean. We have them in Georgetown. We have them in, there's a neighborhood called Logan Circle, DuPont Circle. So they do exist and we're starting to see them. So foreclosures are a great opportunity for early investors to maybe come in. Well, for two people, one, if you want a single family home to live in, these foreclosures are fantastic. And also these what we call broken deals. So we're seeing some broken condo deals. These are developers who borrowed hard money. They were late during COVID. They missed the market and now they're behind. They're gonna lose their, their, their project. So these are fantastic opportunities to buy maybe a two or four unit of mixed use building, live in it because you're buying it below market because it's either a foreclosure or a pre-foreclosure and you're getting value you're getting upside, and in many instances, you're getting like a partially built building. So we're seeing buildings being that are like 85, 90% complete that are gonna foreclose. So we're seeing that in our market, even though we're a very, very, very kind of recession-proof market, we're seeing them now. We have access to those lists, um, and we'll continue to see one. There won't be a lot in our market, but we do have them, and I suspect we'll see them all the way through the third quarter. So we do have access to those lists, and. I, we sell those to our, I buy them personally, our group buys them, and I sell those to my developer clients as well. So, so okay. yeah, we got the foreclosures. So you got the foreclosures. Right now. How do we get the foreclosures? Very easily. you just said you got them and you're selling to your people. I thought we were your people too, bro. You my people, listen. <laughs> How do we get them? Like yeah, take that. a drink, bro. I like that. <laughs> How do we get them? So we need them, man. So real estate is very, real estate is very Tell simple. Tell us how to get them. We need them. Real estate is very simple. You can, you can DM me. You can send me a DM. And if you have the money and you become our client, we will sell you the deal. There are plenty, there's plenty and plenty of opportunity. So we have a partner. In fact, some of my partners are here. Smart Settlements, who is a group, a black-owned firm that I recommend people work with. Uh, we have a what we call a coalition of the willing. So 
our attorneys, title partners, lenders, family offices, um, those deals are available to purchase today. Very simply, send me an email, a DM. If you have the money, I'm a broker. We will sell you the deal. And we have some fantastic deals. All right. I like that. I like that. So make sure y'all tap in with my guy, Michael, man. His Instagram is on the thing and everything like that. Because we need to get these deals. Like, and if you the plug, like, I know you the plug. Yeah. And that's why I, I said mean, you know, that. But you know, also, what's very important is we are in a recession, and it's going to end. So there's, all of my mentors say we're about to see the largest transfer of wealth, and I'm starting to see it now. So out there, while there are lots of deals I'm not going to sell because the market is shifting and where we're listing condos at half a million or a million, we'll have to sell them for less. I have a lot of buyer clients, and I don't like saying this, but a recession is really on effect poor people. The people with money win in a recession. So this is a fantastic time. If you ever wanted to live in a class A neighborhood like DuPont, Logan, make sure you're working with uh, agents that have access so you can buy a property below market in a fantastically appreciating neighborhood. I live six blocks away, own three houses in this neighborhood, and luckily, I'm a millionaire simply because I own property, and it's, I've been on this ride. But the ride is going to continue. The ride will continue. So if you're not buying, if you're in the market to buy a piece of property, you're not buying before the end of the second quarter, you're going to be competing with everybody else. And there are clients in our market with millions and millions and millions in cash that buy sight unseen. Smart has clients that do 50, 100 flips a year, every year at two to four, two to four million a piece. So this is the time to buy. You buy in a recession. The rate is in an appreciating market like D.C. In my opinion, your interest rate is somewhat irrelevant. What difference does it make if you're paying 4 to 7% if you're buying a property in Deanwood when the value goes up 20% a year? Your rate is completely irrelevant. So you should buy anything. You should buy anything immediately. So, so you're saying... We're on the clock until second quarter of 23. I think second, third quarter of next year, mm -hmm. all, the, all of the money is going to be right back into the market. What makes you think that? The calls I'm getting, the people we represent, the cash ready. So we sell development sites and, and parking lots and, as I said, broken condo deals. We get calls. We probably get 10 calls a week. What can we buy all cash? What can we buy all cash? And we're getting those calls two weeks before. Christmas. People with money are, ain't even in business no more. We're not, no, anybody doing no work till January? Right. We're, we're essentially off. And I'm, if I'm getting those calls now and all the smart developers saying, hey, Mike, I'm going to wait. Mike, I'm going to wait. February or March, I'm going to wait. So the people with money are telling me we're going to start buying in first, second quarter. But at the end of next year is when all the rest of the, the retail market is going to be right back into business. So regular people who can't compete on cash deals are gonna, gonna be left out. So you buy, essentially you buy when nobody else is buying, when there's snow on the ground or it's cold or it's super hot in August, that's when you buy real estate. If you wait till the recession is over, you're competing with our Everybody. counterparts yeah. and we can't compete. No, I agree with that, I agree with that. What do you guys think about that? No, I completely agree. I was just saying that to someone in the lobby. Like there's 
so much opportunity now because the headlines has everyone in fear. Everyone's afraid to invest. Everyone's afraid of these interest rates, not knowing and understanding that that's different than mortgage rates and are running from the market when really this is the best time to be running towards the opportunity, especially in a place like Baltimore, right? Where you have the lower property values, you have all of these things and it becomes a perfect storm to come in and start buying and scooping up property. So I'm, I'm all for and not to mention the fact that real estate's long-term. You buy real estate and wait anyway. And that's right, really quickly. Buying in, when I say the county, that's Prince George's County, but Prince George's County and Baltimore are going to continue to see, I believe, tremendous value because of the new leadership in Maryland as a state. Mm-hmm. And yeah. with, the, for Westmore. with the uncomfortable unaffordability of D.C., D.C. is a very expensive market for single family developers, for flippers, condo guys. I have clients who are been in the market forever who might not be the demographic of this audience who are foreclosing. The foreclosing, the foreclosures I'm mentioning are not of this audience. I'm being politically correct. So when I see those people foreclosing in this market, we're essentially the San Francisco of the East Coast. DC is very expensive. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get less expensive. Land value is not going to go down. So the, I believe the county is only going to get better and better. So Hyattsville, Mount Rainier, we have clients doing extremely well on flips, making fifty grand, two hundred thousand. I, I just met a sister who made two hundred grand on the flip in Deanwood. She got a full time. Oh, she got a full time job here. She made two hundred on the flip in Deanwood, and she's closing with my man here. Smart settlement. So Crazy. you can make real money, but it's going to be. Diff- more difficult, more difficult. So the county in Baltimore, if you're in this area, is the only only place you can do it. Yeah, there's no way that you can watch what's happened in D.C. over the last 10, 15 years and not be looking at Baltimore. Like it just it doesn't make sense. You have to understand what it looks like for cities to change and develop. What are the signs? What are the indicators? And then take action as a result. Right? We all watch it happen and don't do anything about it. And so for us. You know, we could be investing anywhere, right, all over the country, but we decided to really plant our flag in Baltimore because we have the biggest opportunity for the largest impact. So let me ask you guys this. Why Baltimore? Mm-hmm. Talk to me. I'm from Baltimore, so, you know, it's a no-brainer for us. <laughs> okay. No, the, um, the reality is that Baltimore City is one of the last cities on the East Coast that really uh, is, is holding the line. There's so much inventory, there's so much interest. Um, it's a small enough city where you can really plant your flag firmly and there's so much capital coming in. Michael, you talked a lot about the private side of capital. Mm-hmm. There's so many public dollars coming into the city into specific areas. Um, the mayor got almost a billion dollars in uh, COVID funds mm-hmm. to help put money into different uh, pockets in the city, real estate, public safety, education, all those kind of big ticket items that most folks look at and they say, wait a second, I'm not going to go there because it's dangerous or because the school systems are bad or because X, Y, and Z. Three to five years from now, all that's going to be shifted because tons of dollars are being poured in. And when big dollars come in, government money, um, then you have to follow that. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I think people forget that D.C. was the murder capital of the world. It definitely was. Right? It's still so, popping out here. Well, thank so, you for mentioning. You know, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I'm saying, I mean, but so when someone approaches us and we're talking about Baltimore and they want to talk about the wire and I'm like, understand. I mean, when we do see, the, we, we think of the wire. We love, we, we all love Omar, right? 
But let's be Rest very in peace. clear. Let's be very right. Absolutely. Let's be very clear about what it means to have everyone talking about crime in Baltimore when that is very much concentrated, probably in maybe three to eight different neighborhoods. You can actually break it down to blocks in yeah, Baltimore. That's a great point. No one pays great attention point. to the fact that there's an entirely new neighborhood that was built during COVID. It's called Brewers Hill. Did not exist. Did not exist. The average rent, people are, are everyone who lives there, you have a one-bedroom apartment, they're paying at least $3,000. What? Every single unit. And this is around the corner from the wire? Yes. Absolutely. Actually, yes. Yes. They shot some of the wire over where those... Oh, I where they, they shot them. No, but... Oh, hold on. No, let's... Let's be no, very no, 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 no. clear. It, it, it used to be a, a very old, like, industrial, industrial space. Area. A lot of trains, a lot of, um, like, industrial factories and things yeah. in, in that they area. They shot the wire in that area. Absolutely. And now a one-bedroom is 3K? 100%. Who live over there? Everybody. So that's the thing. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to... So when you, when you hear about Baltimore, too, and they're talking about population decline, right? So let's talk about it. Well, the population is declining, one, because there's some opportunity in the public school system. And so people are moving out of the city to find schools for their kids. So you automatically have this offset because people are moving with their children, right? So if you look at households, how many households are in Baltimore versus population, it's a different conversation. So one, you have those families moving out. And then two, you have everyone from DC, New York, Philadelphia, everywhere else that's more expensive. They want to have... Um, they want to live somewhere where they can have all the benefits, right? Baltimore got great food, great culture, all those things, but don't want to pay what they're paying in New York and so or D.C. And so everyone's flocking to Baltimore and have been for the last several years. But that's not the conversation because that headline's not sexy unless you're on our Instagram somewhere, right? Like you're not having that conversation. So um, folks have to catch up because all of the data is always lagging, right? The numbers that they're talking about are usually from two, three, five years ago, where if you're on the ground and you're walking and you're talking and you're you know, driving through these neighborhoods every day, you see the cranes, you see the buildings being put up, you see the shifts, you see new people walking dogs in neighborhoods. And we wasn't finna do that a couple years ago. So it's, you know, you have to understand when those indicators are happening that you have to take action behind it and know what action to take and how to do it. And at the same time, those changes are happening where the market rate is getting higher and pricing people out. There's such a, a big focus on affordability yeah. and making sure that there's still enough uh, inventory in the city for people who otherwise would not be able to afford a home, whether that's uh, home ownership or rental. Um, so in 2020 and 2021, Kiara and I were able to put $4.4 million of public dollars into projects for nonprofits, for for-profit companies. Um, uh, and you know, this year we're, we're, we're doing the same type of work. We, we got half a million dollar grant towards one of our projects because we're checking the boxes and making sure that we're mission aligned to ensure that yes, market rate works, but there's also a big need for affordability. So when I think about you know, those public dollars that are coming in, mm -hmm. I, I just, I can't emphasize it enough. You gotta follow those, those dollars. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how are you guys getting this? Because you just said some big numbers there, right? Four point four million dollars, right? I didn't, I didn't, I heard that, <laughs> right? Fantastic. And this said was this was public money. Mm -hmm. All right, I need you to break this down for us, Khalil. How did you get four point four million dollars of OPM? Yeah. So between tax credits and grants. 
So everything's an application process. You gotta make sure that whatever you're doing is aligned with what the community wants, the political le leadership wants, the business community, um, to make sure that you're, you're aligned with everybody. But you fill out a grant application, uh, you network well, you, you put the capital stack together, you show where the gap is, and say, look, otherwise we have to do this project, we have to sell these houses at market rate, and then, um, and then the, the, uh, uh, the public subsidy steps in and fills that gap. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. So as we've kind of transitioned in our journey in from like investor, I'm going to buy this house. I'm running these numbers for this house on this block to development. I'm impacting a community, a neighborhood, working largely with, um, you know, city officials and all of that. We're able to get access to more and more grants. But there are things available for folks who are doing individual houses um, in Baltimore. Whether you're living in the house, I heard someone earlier talking about grants and incentives in the city. If you're looking to buy a house to live in in Baltimore City, you need to do home ownership counseling. You do home ownership counseling, um, and that home ownership counseling is going to put you in connection with a um, counselor. It's going to give you a certificate. That certificate is going to open the door to all grants that are out there, whether that is um, a $5,000, I'm sorry, $10,000 vacancy value booster grant where you get $10,000 because you bought a house that I flipped, right? So the house was vacant that I renovated, you get $10,000 because you bought a flipped house, right? You can't get access to those types of dollars until you do that homeownership counseling. For investors, there are tax credits. So um, in particular, historic tax credits are is one of them. So when you're buying a house and you're doing a renovation, if you... Um, you have to go through a process, but as long as you renovate the, the property uh, to the historic standards, you can get a 10-year property tax credit. So um, let's say when you bought the house, the property tax were $500. Once you do the renovation, the value increases, your property tax increase, and it's $2,500 by the time you're done your rehab, the property taxes. This 10-year uh, property historic tax credit called CHAP, C-H-A-P, will lock in a lower rate for 10 years. So if you lock in $500 for 10 years, you're saving $2,000 a year, that's $20,000 over that 10 year period. So you kind of have to think about your numbers and where you're getting um, these resources from, but it, it creates affordability, right? Your taxes are lower, that means your monthly payments are lower, but then as a landlord, that means more money that you're keeping in your pocket versus paying out on expenses. So there's all these different pieces, and so it's super important that we get educated on what these resources are, how to leverage them, put ourselves in position um, so that you can get the free money that's out there. There's tons of grants and people that never, never max out how much money they have available because folks don't go after it. So besides that, getting this free money, how are you guys financing your investments right now? Yeah, so a lot of our investments are being financed kind of the tr traditional way, lines of credit, some hard money. Um, what's exciting for us, though, is that we've gone through a few syndication opportunities where... What's a syndication? Uh, a syndication is where um, a few people put money into, quote-unquote, a pool, and then you flip the house that, that way. Then everybody gets uh, a return on their, on their capital. Mm -hmm. um, so we've done that a few times in the past, and it worked out well. Um, and now we're at a place where it's like, okay, how do we do this larger? How do we do this bigger? We've got an $18 million project right now, 54 townhouses that we're building, all brand new houses right in the Johns Hopkins area. Um, and that... So as we continue to grow from, from rentals to flips to community development to educating folks on it, uh, we have to continue looking bigger uh, also. So how do we, how do we fundraise 
differently, right? Mm -hmm. So we we launched a fund, right? An official fund, SEC regulated, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, okay, now let's really pull some big dollars. Let's get private capital, let's get family foundations, uh, family offices, institutional capital, uh, and see how we can really transform this thing. If, if the projects work on the front end after paying 10% interest and two points or whatever uh, hard money lenders are, are charging now, then they'll absolutely work in, uh, without those, those costs. Interesting. So can anyone invest in this fund? Yeah, yeah. So anyone can invest in this fund. Because of the structure, I can't share too much, but um, definitely hit us up in our DM, uh, Charm City Buyers, and we'll share more information. So let me ask you guys right now, okay? Five years from now, what does Baltimore look like? D.C. <laughs> Whoa, D.C. I mean, to an, to an extent. I okay, mean, we're, we're all ears. Yeah, I mean, I think... Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, well, so let me also preface that, right? Our intention, the reason why we focus on Baltimore, we talk about Baltimore so heavily, the reason why we have the next-gen accelerator where we're focused on investing in real estate in Baltimore. Yes, go ahead and do that. <laughs> um, the reason why we do that is to make sure in one, on one end, we don't look like D.C., right? Because Chocolate City ain't given, right? Oh, okay, so, that was a little something going on between the two, huh? Yeah, okay. Chocolate City okay. is just not chocolate anymore. So, so Not chocolate no more? Uh, it's not given. It's given. It's, it's hot chocolate, somebody yeah, said. I don't know. <laughs> what? A little milky. So, <laughs> almond milk. So, so Baltimore being about 60% black, there's an opportunity to do something different, right? To have the, the value of appreciation, of um, development, right? 
um, without pushing everyone out of the city. So we need to have ownership. We have to have ownership. And so we need to have ownership in multiple facets. We need ownership, homeowners, people who own and live in Baltimore, um, and transitioning folks from renters to being home homeowners, um, but also investors, because we're always going to have renters, right? Uh, about, uh, what is it, 52% of the city is a renter in Baltimore. So, um, so we have to shift that. So yes, in one end, we're going to see um, very different property values. We're going to see increase in that. We're going to see tons of development. Um, there's builders fighting over land in Baltimore right now. But I'd love to keep keep the charm in Charm City, right? I want to make sure that you know, as as Baltimore changes, I think we have a really big opportunity to keep keep a lot of the folks who've been in Baltimore from when it was the wire um, to to this next phase. So that's what I'm I'm excited about. Interesting. Yeah. So Baltimore in five years is DC. It's a whole new ball game. It really is. What do you What do you think? You've watched it. Um, well. Well, we don't do much in Baltimore, but I believe it's going to be a fantastic market only because D.C. is so terribly unaffordable. Exactly. This area is so typically fantastically unaffordable. So we're now D.C. is like the third most expensive place to live behind, I think, New York and San Francisco. Mm -hmm. and so it can only, the count, Prince George's County, which is closest to D.C., and Baltimore, I believe, is only going to get better because of the reality is one of the there are pros and cons to the internet and Google, but one of the fantastic benefits of your cell phone is all of this data exists in your phone. So you should, if you're interested in real estate, you should know which neighborhoods are appreciating. If you live in DC, you should understand the political climate of our DC council. You should, if you live in DC, you should know our mayor's uh, focus on affordability. All of the information is free, it exists, and it's simple and easy to access. So everyone should know yeah. that the county's getting better. There's a new fantastic governor. Uh, Baltimore is fantastic. And everyone's looking at their pocketbook. So people that may be in owners that are renting, that want to get in real estate, that you're looking at deals. You're seeing deals in D.C. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. So it's not, this recession, we believe, is all going to be abbreviated. It's going to be a year-long recession, depending on when you think it started. I think it started three months ago. It's going to be over in nine, 10 months, and it's gonna be back to normal. And like we have projects here, we have an 18 home community in Falls Church, Virginia, we have two houses left there from 1.7 to 2.2. We only have two left. So yes, it's a recession, but people with, it ain't a recession for people with money. So DC is only going to get more expensive. And once this round is over, it's gonna get worse. So like even this HPAP, increased number to 202,000 that you can get as a grant over six years, the properties are still too expensive. So the only place you can own a home and get the upside of appreciation, I believe in, in certain price points, is the county in Baltimore. But if you have enough money to buy in DC, sure. you should buy something before April. If you have enough money to buy in North or South Arlington or in Silver Spring, you buy when no one else is buying. Whether you're an investor, whether you're looking for broken condo deals, whether you want to buy voucher in Section 8, if you can afford, I don't know, 800 grand to 2 million, this market is fantastic for Section 8 voucher. Our mayor has built more affordable than any city 
in history in terms of a velocity. So in certain markets, voucher Section 8 apartments get more than market rate. So in Georgetown, Calorama, Connecticut Avenue, Glover Park, I can have a Section 8 building at 20 units and get more than market rate, which is going to continue. But if you're in real estate and you have a cell phone, you should know all that. So DC is expensive. It's not going to get any less expensive. I believe the best opportunity over the next 10 years is over the next six months. If you wait till after that, you're going to miss most of the great parts of DC. So if you can't afford it, forget it forever and focus on where you can afford. Deanwood, the county, Mount Rainier, Hyattsville, Suitland. Love it. So I'm going to ask all three of y'all the same question, right? Let's start with you, Mike, since you were just speaking. Uh, biggest pain point when investing in D.C. VA areas? Biggest pain points? From a single family standpoint or from a developer standpoint? Both. Well, unfortunately, in D.C., our biggest pain points are our, our, our agencies. D.C., it's very, it takes a long time to deal with uh, DDOT and WASA and PEPCO and our various, uh, what we call, what's called DCRA. So the biggest complaint we have with the administration and the several, several pain points, but that's really the largest one. It takes a long time to make money in development. That's just the truth. And so one of the things I like to tell people is there are enough experienced agents like me. I'm a great one. There are plenty of us out here. There are plenty of agents who can tell you the truth about development. And the truth is, in the DC market, land costs a lot, and our it takes you a long time to get out of the agencies where we have clients that do development in DC, in Arlington, in McLean, in Montgomery County. The biggest problem is how long it takes. It takes a long time to make money here. That's why these other uh, what we'll call like class B markets where properties are cheaper, like the Carolinas, Louisiana, Georgia are seeing so much upside because it's easy to make money in other markets. And so that's really the largest pain point. Many of our biggest clients have left this market completely. They're now in Nashville and building hundreds of units in the um, Research Triangle in Raleigh-Durham and down in Virginia Beach. I just bought like a 22 unit down in, in Norfolk, Virginia Beach. But it's, it's very expensive to build here. And it's very expensive to develop here. So that's, and I, I think that's going to continue with our political structure becoming much more progressive, much less development friendly. The problem I have with that is black people own a lot of land here. So our council is making it hard for black people to get money out of their mm. land. But that's a different conversation for a different, different, different audience. But, yeah. but that's the biggest problem. It takes a long time to get stuff out of permitting here. And I don't think that's unique to D.C., to be honest. I mean, between easements and permits yeah. and environmental But D.C. is, like, locally the worst. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's easier, easier in a county in Baltimore, for sure. So what are the biggest pain points in um, Baltimore from an investment standpoint? Baltimore is block to block, literally. Um, so probably the, the most challenging part of Baltimore is that if you're not in it, if you don't understand Baltimore, the neighborhoods, the construct, what's happening politically, who pulls the strings where it's very challenging to go into that city blind. Um, and what drives me nuts, we're talking about some of the stuff that's on social media, what drives me nuts is when someone's like, you know, there's vacant houses in Baltimore for $5,000, just scoop it up, you'll be rich. And I'm, I just wanna jump through the phone because that's <laughs> going to 
there it's very easy to fail if you don't know and understand what you're doing. If you don't understand that that $5,000 house is going to take $220,000 to actually do a renovation right to it. And you're on the block with 50 other vacants, so the house is only worth 75000 when you're done. So, Damn. you know, you really have to know and understand the market in Baltimore. And I think that's the, the biggest challenge that people have. Um, Baltimore has 15,000 vacant properties. 15,000? 15, 15,000 vacant properties. Damn. Now, there is an initiative. Um, Mayor Brandon Scott put millions of dollars towards eradicating vacants, um, starting with the first 10,000. There's a, a group of developers that we're part of, um, a few of us that are focused on making that happen. Um, but there's a lot of opportunity, but you have to know and understand where you are, and you have to understand timing of when you do what you're supposed to be doing, when, when it makes sense to invest in a certain neighborhood and put that type of money and investment behind it. Um, but it's hard to know all those pieces and to, to really have your bearings on everything. And, and that's kind of why we did the, the educational piece and having NextGen was, you know, there's too much opportunity and we doggone sure can't do it all on our own. So how do we lower that barrier entry into the city to make sure that more folks are positioned to find success in Baltimore, so collectively we can hit the goals that we have set. Like our our goal is twenty five hundred doors in the next three to five years, um, and so and not just us, like everyone that we work with. Like how do we personally have an impact on about fifteen percent of that that fifteen sixteen thousand vacant number? Um, so yeah, the hardest challenge with with Baltimore, from my opinion, is just understanding the landscape because it's it's historically complicated because of redlining and everything else. Wow, I definitely agree with that. I think the only piece I would add, and um, Kiara, you may uh, not like me for saying this, but MG, you brought it up earlier. Contractors can be tough. Uh, contractors, C-O-N. Contractors can be tough. It Caps. Can, <laughs> it can be very challenging. Finding the right contractor, getting the right pricing you want, making sure they adhere to the timeline, high quality standards, somebody who will come back for warranty, repairs, um, it can be very challenging. So last year, Kiara and I acquired a construction company. It's internal to our company now. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in typical Charm City buyers fashion, when we hear that there's a need, we're going to fill that need. Mm-hmm. Um, so stay tuned. We have something fun for 2023 that will help hopefully ease the communication gap because I think that's where a bigger the part of the problem is. There's just a gap in that communication between uh, somebody who knows the financing and how to find a deal versus somebody who literally knows how to build a building. Um, uh, so stay tuned for that. Before I get to the uh, audience questions, you said you guys purchased a construction company and now it's in-house. That's huge. Congratulations. Thank you. I don't, I don't want that to go over people's heads. Yeah. That's, that's huge. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate um, it. Go ahead. It's been interesting as being the, the person who would like try to square up with a contractor to now being on the other side of it and, and kind of seeing from the developer side and the construction side, just where the con comes in, right? Mm-hmm. And and how to, um, what how contractors think. Like it's a very interesting concept. But yeah, it's it's been an interesting. So years. Will, will you guys um, be allowing these services to be used for any of us who want to invest in Baltimore? Absolutely. Now okay. we we're continuing to put some pieces in place and hiring folks and, and that type of thing. But absolutely, the goal is to continue scaling it and growing it in a way that allows for uh, outside clients to to participate. We've got currently somewhere between 20 and 25 active projects um, between us and our and our clients. Um, so you know, it's it's definitely a vehicle through which we can eliminate a lot of vacant properties, mm-hmm. build a lot of homes, 
um, and, and hopefully position it in a way where uh, contractors in Baltimore City are no longer a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Big visions, big goals. Mm -hmm. okay. So let's take some questions from the audience. I'm going to keep it with you guys, Charm City. Um, what's the best market to acquire a multifamily in Baltimore? Like neighborhood? Neighborhood. All right, I'll shout out some neighborhoods real quick. Everyone asked me these questions. Yeah. Um, so multifamily neighborhoods, they tend to be congregated in specific areas. So these are just a few of them. Um, Forest Park, Ashburton, Reservoir Hill, um, uh, um, Holland's Market. Um, Perry Hall is a good one. Mm-hmm. In that kind of northeast Baltimore area. Yes. Um, those are just a few um, ones that are going to have a, a, you know, a bunch of, of multifamily properties in one area. Usually three units, um, some four, and then in Reservoir Hill. And um, why am I I'm blanking on the name? Right next door. Point Oak's another one. Druid Hill Park. Where's yeah. Next Gen at? What did I tell you all the time? Overly, Overly yep, up absolutely. in that Perry Hall area. So there's, yep. there are, you'll find it. So what, one of the things that you can do to back into where, where those neighborhoods are, if, even if you're using like Zillow, filter for multifamily, right? And then see where you're seeing the most aggregate areas with multifamily properties that are listed either for rent or for sale, and then start zeroing in onto those areas and spaces. Because again, as a, the way the city was built, there's similar typography in close-knit areas. So you'll find multifamily properties close together. So Mike, this question is what you want to oh, add on to that? The only thing I was going to add is that there, there are a lot of very large properties in Baltimore because Baltimore was a very affluent city. Mm -hmm. And you can take those properties and chop them up, you know, as long as you go through the, the proper um, uh, uh, easements and, and everything yes. uh, and make those multifamily properties. Yes. Rezoning is not the easiest thing in Baltimore. So don't just buy a huge property and think you're going to chop it up because that's not all the time going to be the case. So just know where you are. Again, you got to understand Baltimore. Mike, this question is for you. Um, how much are the deals, if you have money to invest with you, what is the price range that your typical deals go for? Well, we, we work in all price categories or across all asset classes. So we sell single family properties in Northeast. We sell up to sites for up to 30, 40 units. I don't really sell anything um, higher than that. So we sell at all price points and we see deals when, we, when I say a deal, that means something I think you should buy as your agent or your broker. We see deals across all categories. That's the one bright spot of any recession. In recessions, people unfortunately lose their property. The people that are able to buy those properties, whether you're buying them from the bank, whether you're buying the paper, whether you're buying the note, whether you're going to the person pre-foreclosure, which I just did, and said, hey, I understand you're about to lose your property. I understand your father has the second. When somebody has a second, that means they're going to get wiped out. Mm -hmm. So his dad, who gave him all of his money for his six development sites, is going to lose all of his money. His dad may be in his 80s. said, why don't we work out an op a deal where I pay you some money and I take over your note? So we work in all categories. So we've got deals at four or 500000 We've got deals at eight, 10, 12 mil. All right, good answer, good answer. Let me ask, here's another good question, I think. Would tax deed sales be a good way to enter real estate investing? That's for all three of you guys. So I'll just go quickly. In DC, I don't recommend 
So there are lots of valuable information on the internet, like tax sales or probate or foreclosure lists or going to auctions. I don't recommend, unless you're in this audience with millions of dollars and have access to these people, I think that is a 100% waste of your time. You're not going to get those deals because they're investors who've been buying tax lists for 30 years and now their sons are doing it. And again, these are people not of historically our community. So you cannot compete with those people. So I believe foreclosures, auctions, like Alex Cooper or Transon in our market, are 100% waste of your time. Tax, unfortunately, tax lists are a waste of time. Probate lists, because you're not gonna, I know people who pay people eighty, $90,000 a year to stand out in front of probate court and give them their card. And they've been doing it for six, seven years. So it's just, in certain areas of D.C., D.C. is just too competitive. So you can't do that in D.C. Yeah. In Baltimore, we have an annual tax sale everyone gets really excited about. I usually say um, if you have the cash that's sitting there, um, investing through the tax sale, you can get like 18% interest, right? So if the money's just sitting, at least you're going to get a return on it. You can buy, it, buy a tax lien and, and kind of take that money. Folks tend to forget, though, that you actually have to foreclose on the deal. So you have to have a whole process. You have to have attorneys. You have to foreclose on the property just like a bank would in order to actually take possession of the house. So until you understand that it's like more of a savings plan than a property purchasing plan, unless you have the assets and the ability and the resources to go all the way through the process, just think of it as savings, right? Good answers. Good answers here. All right. I like this question. Besides Section 8, what other programs are out there um, to get guaranteed money from the government? Mm -hmm. That's a question for all of you guys. Let's start with D.C. first. Oh, I don't really operate in that market, and I don't believe in guaranteed money. In D.C., <laughs> the absolute best, I believe, long-term real estate investment strategy is voucher deals or Section 8 because of how much money they pay but you have to compete with everybody else buying voucher deals. Me, me and my sister, and all the other people. Now that being said, you can get those deals, but the best deals are voucher rates, and in our market, the best deals are in parts of Northwest where vouchers getting more or as much as market rate. And so right now, that's Columbia Heights, which is where we are. That's anywhere east of Georgia Avenue, which is where, uh, west of Georgia Avenue. That's where the best Voucher deals are because they pay the most in rent. But if depending on your age, I'm buying a deal right now in Fort DuPont, which is in, in Southeast, then they're only paying about two, about 1500 per two bedroom, and it's like an eight unit. But I'm buying that to hold forever. So um, it really just depends on your budget. In an appreciating market like DC or the DC area, there is no bad deal. I doubt if he bought anything in Southeast now of any asset class over the next three to five, 10 years, it's not gonna be worth exponentially more. So there, I don't think there is a bad deal here. It's just a matter of your budget. Copy. Baltimore? Yeah, so in Baltimore, there's a lot of programs outside of Section 8. So one thing people don't know or recognize about Section 8 in Baltimore is that you can't get a Section 8 tenant if you stand on the stoop of your house and you see a vacant property. Really? So people are buying in Baltimore saying, my goal, my plan is to have a Section 8 tenant. It's like, boop, boop, no, it's not. 
because you didn't buy the right property. So there are a lot of other options outside of Section 8, though. Um, some organizations, because I think it asks for specifics, um, Catholic Charities is one. Um, uh, there's... Um, BHRP. Thank you. I do that every time. One. BHRP, uh, Baltimore Regional Housing Partnership. Yeah. Um, St. Ambrose mm -hmm. is another one. Uh, Ready by 21 is through Social Security. That's uh, kids aging out of foster care. There's tons. There's stuff for, va for veterans. There are people... There are programs for everything. So again, money flows into Baltimore in waves. And we have tons of nonprofits and nonprofits for everything. And a lot of them have housing components. So they're paying uh, the rent of their, their clients. What you need to do as an investor is make sure you're asking questions. Well, how long are you paying? What resources are being provided to the tenant to help them if there is like an end date to the voucher? Um, you know, what type of support do you provide to the landlord, all of those types of things. But there's a lot of options in addition to Section 8. There's nothing wrong with Section 8 in Baltimore. Just know and understand Baltimore before you say that that's your plan. I like that. If you stand on your stoop and you see a vacant, you can't get Section 8. Yeah, because they want them to move to the county, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Interesting. I never knew that. That was a gem. I think that was one of the biggest gems that I heard here today. <laughs> like, I never knew that. That was something I learned never do. Michael, somebody wants to know, uh, this was a direct question for you. Are you looking for an intern or assistant? Ooh. I am. Um, uh, we, we will be hiring. And they said for free. They'll work for free. Uh. We will be hiring um, over the next uh, year as we, as we start doing more work in the county. So, yes, we are hiring. Just, just DM me. All right, so we're running on time right here. So I want to give you guys each an opportunity to tell people how to find you, um, final remarks. And I wanted to ask you guys, with today's, and you can do this in your final remarks too, like with today's economic climate, is now the right time to invest in the DMV? Mike, let's start with you. Um, again, as I've said before, um, what I recommend people do first is talk to, and we won't even talk to you unless you've been Prequad. So Matt is doing videos on his phone and his car. It's free information. Get pre-qualified. Ask a financial professional what you can afford and then find a good agent. But 100% now is the best time to buy. A year ago was a better time to buy. Absolutely. Two years ago was a better time to buy. So I am lucky that we had the fortitude and, and the, the thoughtfulness to buy in this neighborhood when we did. And because we bought that property, I'm a millionaire, I didn't do anything. It doesn't benefit, in particular, our people to wait. If you have a good job and you can afford a piece of property, you should buy something. Now, what you buy, it depends on your strategy. You can buy a four unit, three unit, duplex, FHA, two, whatever. But I believe people should live somewhere first. You shouldn't be renting at all. But the longer you wait, the longer it's going to take you to retire. So I think you should buy as I think you should borrow as much money as you can and buy the biggest piece of property you can as fast as you can. I've always thought that. So my clients who listen to me, who worked with me, my pro athletes, some might be in the room, like everybody that listened to me. It's doing very, very, very well. And the, the recession and the uh, pandemic had no negative effect on their net worth because they weren't waiting. 
we wait too long. And then with platforms like yours that are free, you're giving people the keys and all the answers to the test. All you have to do is execute, but we won't, we won't execute. So right now is the best time to buy, 100%. I agree with you 100%. Tell people how to find you, brother. Tell them how to tap in with um, you. Just DM me. on uh, My Instagram's up here. Uh, we'll answer any question. Be happy to help. Happy to help you. And we have the really fantastic partner, Smart Settlements, is a minority firm. I recommend you talk to. I recommend you talk to Matt. Um, if, you, if Matt's too busy, we have other options. But just DM me. I'm happy to answer any questions. Cool, cool, cool. Economic climate is now the right time. For sure. I think what I always base every decision that folks make on what they do and when when they do it on what your goal is, what is your goal, and what are you looking to do and accomplish? And if your goal is to grow and scale and build something in real estate or have cash flow or appreciate or whatever it is, now is always the time because you can talk yourself out of doing something a million different ways. You can blame the interest rates, you can blame the economy, you can probably blame the person in the mirror, but at the end of the day, it's just about taking that action. So I absolutely think people should be investing now, especially like as so many people are kind of you know, kind of playing double dutch with the market right now, it's a good time to get in and not compete with as many people. A hundred percent. I agree with everybody here. It's now is the best time. Mm -hmm. um, the state of Maryland had somewhere between like a 1.5 and a $2 billion surplus. Um, marijuana on the recreational side is going to be legal uh, starting July 1st. Sports gambling is going to be legal. Uh, so there's a lot of tax dollars coming in. The largest department under the, the governor's cabinet is the Department of Housing and Community Development, largest in terms of budget. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of money is going to go there, and it's going to trickle down and, and, and uh, uh, go into uh, different communities like Baltimore City, where infrastructure work is going to be done, um, new bike lanes are going to be put up, mm -hmm. new lights are going to be put up. Uh, the value of the land is going to be higher. So now is the best time for you to get in mm -hmm. and lock in something early. Mm -hmm. And you can find us at Charm City Buyers. Our IG is up there. Uh, slide in our DM. We'll answer. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.